your Bibles out and go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. If you'll look up on the screen, my sermon title is called I Am Revival. I Am Revival. I'm not looking for a revival. God's looking for a revival. God's praying for a revival, but I'm not praying for one. I am a revival. I want to talk about the way the the church in America thinks versus the way the Lord Jesus thinks. Because a lot of people are praying for a move of God, and I'm going to just start off by telling you that I am a move of God. I'm not looking for one. There's a mindset in the body of Christ today about God, but it's not completely scriptural. It's partly. So I want to read this in Colossians, what Paul said, 126. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and generations now been revealed to saints. This is a great mystery, and it's been hidden for thousands of years. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, and this is it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say Jesus in me. I want you to think about the fact that the greatest move of God was not the making of the universe. With all of the planets and the sun and the, I was doing a study the other day on stars. Our earth, if our earth was a tennis ball, the sun would be about the size of here to the ceiling. That's huge. But there are stars out there that are the size of a popka. That's a lot of gas. Out of all of that that happened and all of that that's going on and all that, that was one day's work for Jesus. It wasn't any big deal. The greatest, the greatest thing he ever did was to, was to recreate Jesus and to make you a new creation. And it took three days. Greatest work God ever did in the earth. The greatest thing God has ever done is to make you a new creation. We have never fathomed the depth of what God did in you. As a matter of fact, what he did in you is so marvelous, you'll still be learning about it in a million years from now. You're already as perfect now as you'll be in a million years from now. He doesn't have anything to add to it and you're already there. When we say these words right here, look at this. Christ in you, the hope of the glory of God. I'm not looking for God. I'm I'm wall to wall. So are you. Now, I've got some more scriptures I want to read to you. Jesus did not come to give you a new teaching. He didn't come to give you a code of conduct 
or to take you to heaven. He came to give you life, his life, and miracle life. Your spirit is made out of the substance of God. Now that's, that's so powerful, we can't even wrap our mind around that. We've not, we have not fathomed it yet. We don't even hardly talk about it. I want to read a couple of three scriptures, just, just going to read some. Galatians 2, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. John 4, 4, 1 John, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The, the God in you is greater than every devil of hell. That's pretty big. That's pretty big stuff. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, 7 says, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. I want you to stop and think about the fact that you're walking around with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's pretty big. That's, that's, that's huge. Christ moved in, old me moved out. In 1 John 1, when Jesus walked the earth, he came to the earth in, in Christmas or spring or whenever. Let, let me just stop right now. Do you know why the Bible doesn't tell you when his birthday was? Because it's not important. Neither is yours. We make a big deal out of nothing. Now, the day you were born again, that's a big. The first time when you got that body of yours, that's no big deal. Okay, thank you. God, heaven don't talk about unimportant stuff. But whenever he walked the earth, the Bible says in him was life. And the life was the light of man. There was only one Jesus on the earth. And look what one man under the old covenant accomplished. Full of the life of God. Now, when he went to the cross and went in your place and rose from the dead, what do you think happened with the devil when he realized that 3,000 Jesuses showed up? And he went, oh, H, what have I done? I thought I killed him, and now there's 3,000 of them. The issue is we don't know who we are. Jesus knew who he was. In him was life. Zoe. And the life was the light of mankind. Jesus said, I came that you might have Zoe and have it abundance. The same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in you. So who are you anyway? Do you even know? I'm going to make a statement here. We're going to go here. I'm not looking for a move of God. I am a move of God. If you can get to me, I can get you to heaven. If God can get someone to you, he can get them to heaven. That's a heavy thought. So, I'm a revival. See, we got a lot of people praying for God to move. God is praying too that you would move. 
One of you needs to get your prayers answered. <laughs> In Romans 8, 29 says, Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. Think about this statement. He's the firstborn of many brethren. How awesome is he? Thank you, Zach. Let's see if anybody else in the room. How awesome is he? And what about the scripture? As he is, so am I in the world. How awesome is he? Well, then what about you? Say, I am a move of God. What we're going to do right now is we're going to take we're going to we're going to start turning our thinking a little bit away from traditional Christianity and bring you back over to Bible, so that so that America can experience God again. You're waiting on God. You're backing up. I want you to go to Acts chapter ten, and we're going to start with verse one. I want, I'm going to read out of this book right here, John G. Lake's book, before I get going. And I want to read a story that he put in here about a vision he had. I'm not going to read the whole vision this time, but you can read it yourself. You can get the book and read it. But it's the Portland vision where an angel appeared to John G. Lake and talked to him about some stuff he was praying about. But at the end of his time with the angel, uh, I'm going to bring this up. It says, during that time, um, no. It says, we were at the foot of the pathway, and, and he took a step or two away, and in a kind of a despair, my heart cried, and I said, angel, these are struggling for want of an ideal. What constitutes real Pentecost? What ideal should be held before the minds of men as the will of God exhibited in a movement like this? During that time, I had carried my Bible in my hands. The angel reached for my Bible, opened up to the book of Acts, ran his finger down the second page, the portion where the Spirit of God came down from heaven, and, 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 the, and he proceeded through the book of Acts in the great outpourings, revelation, and phenomenon, and he said, this is Pentecost as God gave through the heart of Jesus. Strive for it. Contend for it. Teach the people to pray for this. This and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart. This alone will have the power to overcome the forces of darkness. This alone. Amen. There is no hope for America and there is no hope for the world outside of the church obeying God. Now, I'm going to say this about politicians. Quit waiting on one. They're the problem. We got more gas in America than they got in Iran. But we got some idiot selling it to Europe. Thank you. You say, well, what are we going to do? We're going to, no, never mind. I'm not going to say that. What we're going to do is we're going to pray. Now listen to what, listen to what the angel said to him. And this angel, what he's saying is very, very powerful. Strive for it, contend for it, teach the people to pray for this. This and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart. This alone has the power to overcome the forces of darkness. And the angel was departing. He said, pray, pray, pray. Teach the people to pray. Prayer and prayer alone, much prayer. Persistent prayer is the door to the entrance of the heart of God. Walking around, now listen to me, listen to me. 
What Jesus, what God did in Jesus was the greatest move of God that's ever hit the earth is raising Jesus from the dead. There's nothing greater than that. And when he raised him from the dead, he raised you from the dead. And then after you were raised from the dead, he said, don't you leave until you're endued with power from on high. And he did the single greatest thing that you'll ever receive this side of heaven, filled you with God, the Holy Ghost. How big is God, the Holy Ghost? Big, real big. What's the answer to America? What's the answer to the world? I'm going to say it in one word, you. You, you and me. I was watching Billy Graham the other day. I'm going to ask you a question. I thank God for Billy Graham. Why don't we have a hundred of them? I love Kenneth Copeland. Why isn't there 500 Kenneth Copelands? I love Smith Wigglesworth. Why is there not a thousand Smiths? There should be. What did Smith have that you don't have? The same Holy Ghost you got. Till Osborne told Kevin McNulty, he said, I'm leaving. Quit praying who God's going to use. Sign up for the job. <laughs> Kevin McNulty. Now let's talk about Kevin a minute. Kevin was, was talking to T.L. Osborne. And, he, and he, said, he said, Kevin, what is your vision? And Kevin, all proud. T.L., I want to put a tent in Russia. And T.L. looked at him and said, that's not God. And he said, it's not. He said, put a hundred tents. And Kevin said, I don't have the money for a hundred tents. He said, you don't have the money for one. Amen. And Kevin said, I don't. He said, why don't you do a hundred? If you can do one, do a hundred. Quit waiting. Qu quit waiting for some preacher to come along. Why don't you become him? I'm going to say something real strong. Just real strong. Just. I pray to God I never see anybody in this church sitting in a revival meeting praying for some preacher to lay his hands on you and get you healed. Quit running around following preachers like they got something you don't have. If you want, why don't you become the next Jonathan Shuttlesworth? Why don't you become the next Amy Simple Mephairs? Why are you not walking in the same anointing and the same power? Because nobody ever told you you could. You thought God just handpicked a few special people. Well, he has special people and you're it. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I've never gone anywhere looking for a move. I am a move. <laughs> Say me too. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Are you all ready? Ready or not, where we go? 
There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the, what is called the Italian regiment. See, we haven't had Italians back then. And he was the godfather. And he said, I'm trying to get a hold of Peter. Get him down here. And bless our tribe family. If you're not Italian, you don't understand a thing I said. I, listen, I have a friend named Carmen Chandler, and I, I, I love Carmen. Carmen's Italian as a rock. One day, Carmen came up and said, Pastor, I got a family member named Jojo, got a restaurant. And he gave me a $100 bill, and he said, I want you to take Miss Lisa and take her out to lunch today and take her down to Jojo's on me. And I'm joking with Carmen. I'm joking with him. I said, I'm going to go in there and say, close the joint down. And Carmen said, don't do that. Jojo's in the mob. That's not funny. So I didn't do it. I ate there, but I didn't tell him to close the joint down. That's nothing to do with my sermon anyway. <laughs> a devout man who feared God, his household, and he gave generously to the people. And he prayed to God always. And about the ninth hour, he saw clearly in vision of an angel of God. And he came and says, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it? He said, your prayers and your alms have come up before a memorial to God. Send to Joppa and find a guy named Peter. Let me ask you a question. Why didn't God answer his prayer? Why didn't God answer his prayer? Well, he did, but not the way you think he would do it. God did not show up at his house. He said, you find Peter and you get him in here. God doesn't work in the earth apart from you. If you don't move, God cannot. You're having all the revival right now you want because you're it. I'm doing real good. I'm just getting started. So he says, I want you to send to Joppa and I want you to talk to a guy named Peter. Now let's go on down there because we've got to talk about Peter now. Next, verse nine, the next day they went up on their journey and they drew near the city and Peter went up on the housetop to do what? To pray. Let's talk about this right now. I pray, I hear, I move, I preach, God falls. But you're not going to hear. See, I've never heard from God ever that I wasn't in his presence on purpose. Outside of a prayer life, you have nothing to give anybody. Outside of you spending time with God, you don't even know what he wants you to do. Peter, the power of God, though you're born again, the power of God is in your prayer time, not begging God to do something for you. Not at, Peter was not praying that God would fall on Cornelius' house. He was spending time with God so he could get full of God, so God could send him to Cornelius' house. Amen. 
You're not going to hear from God or to be full of God. It says in Acts Jude 1.20, Beloved, build yourself up. Own your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. One of the reasons why the church, the world's in the mess today is the church is empty. God's sending empty people to empty people to do nothing. He said, the angel told him, he said, you pray and you pray and you contend and you pray. You see, there is no help for America outside of God and there's no way he's gonna use you outside of God, the Holy Ghost. The church must get full of God. The the churches that are being built right now, we want God the Father, we want God the Son, but we don't have that Holy Ghost. That's a country club. It's a worthless country club. Sure, there's Christians there. Sure, people are getting, sure, people are going to heaven. But that's not what the head of the church said. That's not what he said do. He didn't put life in you, raise you up, make you a new creation, fill you with the Holy Ghost, wash all your sins away, and fill you full of power just so you can go to heaven. As a matter of fact, he did all of that because he wanted to create a brand new race of humanity. We've never fathomed what God did in us when we got saved. We have no idea who we are. The Bible says, as he is. That's not someday. That's right now. I was reading John G. late the other day and I thought, I want to do that. You know, I've only raised two people from the dead. I'm really sad about that number. Y'all are exciting. I'm going to talk about Justin here for a minute. Everybody want to talk about Justin? You talk about everybody else. Let's just talk about Justin. I'm very proud of my son. Um, let me ask you a question. Let me come over here. Just leave him alone for a minute. How many of y'all are in this church because Justin invited you? Two. There's more than that. Three. So Justin has this habit of going to the gym, working out. And he always finds these really buff guys like Isaac and Sean and Zach. But he also has another real bad habit. You slow down long enough, he's going to talk to you about Jesus. But let me ask you a question. What if he never said anything? Isaac wouldn't be in here. Isaac wouldn't be sitting with his wife. Zach wouldn't be here. Amber wouldn't be here. That's just one guy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did Justin pray him in? Yeah, he prayed. And he also got full of God, and then he went. Now, what would happen if everybody in here just did what Justin did? This church would be 500 people in one year. See, you're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you. You've been sitting in this church for 35 years. You still ain't done nothing. 
I am preaching. So why in the world didn't God just send, just, just, anyway, anyway, he says, I want you to send, go get Peter. Peter's up there praying, and he became very hungry, verse 10, wanted to eat, and while he was, he fell in a trance, and he saw heaven open, and an object on a sheet bound four corners descending down to earth was all kinds of four-footed animals, and there was some shrimp, and there was some catfish, and, uh, and there was some lobster, and a voice said, rise, Peter. You're at, uh, what's, the, what's the, that, that restaurant, the, the fish place? Um, Bonefish Bone Grill. You're at Bonefish Grill. And he said, I'm Jewish. I ain't never ate at Bonefish Grill. <laughs> he said, nah, have you some fried catfish? And he goes, well, I ain't never had no catfish, much less fried. And he said, don't you ever call common what I've cleansed. Now, why is God talking to Peter. Well, listen to me very carefully because God can't do anything without him. God can't do anything without you. You've bottlenecked the whole Godhead. Church is sitting around praying for a revival. You want God to show up and give you a fall on your head. He ain't showing up and falling on nothing until you start doing what he told you to do. Now listen, listen to this very carefully. This is very good. So Peter's praying. He's talking to him about catfish and shrimp. Verse 17, while Peter wondered within himself the vision, what it meant, three men showed up and he said, in verse 19, while Peter thought, the spirit said, Three men are looking for you. Go with them. Now, one of the things that happens when you're in prayer is you can hear from God. Now, Cornelius heard from God, but Peter needed to hear from God. So you need to spend enough time in prayer that you hear from God. You need to, what is he asking you to do? You need to know what you're supposed to be doing. We're fixing to have a move of God, but it's already begun. And arise, go down with them. Go. Do what? He didn't say Peter pray. He said Peter go. I'm going to tell you a story. Years ago, the Lord dealt with me to go to Haiti. And, and after the Lord dealt, dealt with me to go to Haiti, Faith Frederick called me and says, we're starting a Bible school in Haiti. And I want you to come and be our, our, our first speaker. And when I went there, the Lord said, I want you to preach on redemption. Now here, 43 young men and women from the streets of Haiti. Now, if you don't, if you know anything about Haiti, those preachers were preaching everything they knew. A little bit of Billy Graham, a little bit of Copeland, a little bit of voodoo. Little Jehovah Witness, a little Mormonism, a little bit of everything. They don't know any better. They don't know any better. They're doing the best they know. So, so God said, start a Bible school and teach them. So I went down there, and, the, and, and when I got in there, the Lord said to me, he's talking to me, I'm praying. He said, lead them to me and get them born again. They're not even saved. Then at the last day, he said, teach them about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and pray that I'd fill them with the Holy Ghost. And I prayed, and the power of God hit, and 42 out of 43 of them instantly started speaking in tongues. Now listen to what I'm about to say. God did not do that. I did. Oh, 
blasphemy. Well, God had that whole thing in Haiti before I showed up. Well, that messed you up, didn't it? Why don't I just pray, oh, God, help Haiti. You start praying to help Haiti, you're going to Haiti. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you this. If you ever started praying, Lord, the harvest send forth laborers, you'd be witnessing. As a matter of fact, you've led as many people to the Lord as people you have prayed for. That's why some of you never led anybody to the Lord. Well, I'm preaching better than you, amen, and say, I am a move of God. See, if God can't move you, you, he can't move at all. God is solely dependent on his church obeying him. You don't like America? Change it. T.L. Osborne told Kevin McNulty one day he was standing on a st- stage in Montahia, Columbia and Kevin got up and started talking and, K- and T.L. pulled him off and said, don't you ever get up there and talk like that again. He said, you own the field. Son, you own the field. You know, nobody got saved in that crusade until T.L. preached. Did you know that God never saved anybody down there until T.L. preached? God never did anything until Kevin preached. God ain't doing nothing through you. You want to see a move of God? Say, I pray, I go, I preach, God falls. God's completely dependent on his church. And you want to see a move of God? I'm here. All right, y'all are quieter in the first service. I don't know what happened. Going back to the first service. Verse 20, therefore he went down with them, doubting nothing, and said, I sent him. And Peter went down to the men who had sent him. Cornelius said, I am who you seek. And then verse, verse um, oh, Verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, of of truth I perceive God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears God and works righteousness is accepted by him. And the word which God sent to the children of Israel, he preached. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went around doing good healing all the oppressed of the devil and he preached Jesus. And verse 39, we're witnesses of everything that we both saw and heard and he hung him on a tree. And then verse 44 says, while Peter was speaking, the Holy Ghost fell. When did God show up? When Peter showed up. Are y'all listening to me? I thank God for the men of God that have taken us where we are today. People like Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin. But I'm tired of sitting in their meetings. 
I don't want to sit in another Jonathan Shuttlesworth meeting and see if I can get him to pray for me. If I need Jonathan to pray for me, I'm backslidden. Man, we have become the most needy bunch of people. Waiting on the Lord. We're just waiting on, we're just waiting on the Lord. Well, he, well I'm going to tell you something. He's waiting on you. Yep. Stir up yes. the gift of God. And where is the gift of God? In you. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. I went, to, I went to Russia once, got on a, got on a train. Y'all know the James Bond movies where you get on those little rickety things? They still have them. They're in Russia. And they Hour after hour, took me all the way up to the North Pole. I got off there. God, y'all don't know what cold is. When you spit... And your spit turns to ice before it hits the ground. It's cold. I'm in a building and they got a heater going. And they got the window open. And, I, and I'm preaching like this. Trying to warm up every part of me. 500 people came. I preached on being filled with the Holy Ghost. 500 people filled with the Holy Ghost. God fell. But not until I got there. I'm going to make a confession to you. I had a hard time coming back to America. I had a hard time coming back here. When I know that there are villages in Russia and they've never had a church and they've no one's born again. And all that God needs is for someone to show up and preach. That's it. And you look at the world and you go, my God. And you come to America and you come to church where people haven't even figured out where they ought to come. And then when they do, they're late. Praying for a revival. It's not easy to preach in this nation. Because we've gotten so comfortable. And that's enough correction for one day. That's about all y'all can handle. I'd still rather be over there. Here, I'm going to say a statement to you. Everywhere I have ever been, people have been saved, healed, and filled with the Holy Ghost. And everywhere I didn't go, nothing happened. Right. And you know what he wanted me to do? Come back and teach you how to do this. That's why we started the Bible school. For me to Take what I know and pour it into you. God needs you. He needs you. You are a move of God. Never doubt the greater one in you. What I'm going to say right now, y'all know exactly what I'm telling you is going to be the truth. There have been times that you've opened your mouth and started talking. And you said things you didn't even know. Amen. All yes, time. Right. And you're going, that was good. 
Well, you're bigger inside than you think you are. Amen. If God can just get you to move and talk a little bit more, he can help some people out. Say, I am a move of God. Wow, what am I going to do with the rest of this sermon? The book of Acts was given to you and I as a pattern. It is the way to do church. It's the only way to do church. There is no other type of church. There's only the one God showed you. Everything else that we created after that is just us. Because preachers don't like to spend all day Saturday praying when they could be out playing golf. Boy, I'm preaching real good now. It's a whole lot easier to spend all day goofing off and then pray for God to show up when you haven't even showed up yourself. You want to move a God? Find, a, find yourself a closet and start praying. Get full of, get full. The only thing that's going to save this nation right now is a revival. And that's going to be when the church shows up. I believe that we're starting to wake up and go, I think this place stinks. I don't want to buy an electric car and sit in a line for half an hour waiting for someone to quit charging there so I can charge mine to get, never mind. I'm not quite there yet. I'm not ready to walk into a store where there's nothing on the shelf. This is the greatest nation on the earth and God handed it to us. It's time for us to take it back. And you know how you're going to do it? You're going to hit your knees. And you're going to pray until you get full of God. You know how to overcome all of your flesh? Praying in the Holy Ghost. You know how to stay full of the love of God? Pray in the Holy Ghost. You know how to stay full of the wisdom of God? Pray in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, without me, you can do what? Absolutely nothing. Outside of your walk with God, you're, you're just nothing going nowhere, doing nothing. You'll die and stand before God. What'd you do? Nothing. Went to school. That's it. You went to Alabama? That ain't nothing. Should have at least gone to Georgia. Sorry about that, uh, Willis. I just. <laughs> the other day, and I don't know who told me this a while ago, was it Kevin Zadi? I don't, I don't, I, I've never heard the whole story of him talking about going to heaven, but Jesus looked at him and he said, you guys quit praying for revival. He said, anything I do, I'm going to do it through you or I'm not going to do it. Quit praying for me to show up. I already showed up. Come on. Amen. It's time for you to show up. Anything that's going to get done now, we're going to do it. 
got a lot of ideas. I got crazy ideas. And every one of them are hard work. And, then, and all the kids are like, oh, you always talking about what we're going to do. You just work us. Well, you're fixing to get, we're fixing to work some more. Yeah. Now, when, when, when Rosa gets back, I'm thinking about building something down in Honduras for all of us to go to. Yeah. And put you on a mission field and let you go preach to somebody. Yeah, that's right. Well, don't, I'm, just, I'm just getting started. And then I'm, I'm going to make all of the Bible school students start going overseas Amen. and teach you to cast out devils and raise the dead and heal the sick That's and just right. teach you how to do it. And then we're going to teach Justin how to fly an airplane so he can fly you over there so you don't have to take Delta. Woo! I got all kind of ideas. Now I'm going to say something here and this is... You know why this church is here? Because I obeyed God. Now I'm going to say something to make you mad. If I hadn't obeyed God, it wouldn't be here. God had his plan number two. God don't have enough preachers obeying him now. There's not a church in every town. What is he saying to you? What's he saying to you? What is it you have yet to do? Say, I am a move of God. Say, I pray. I go. I preach. He falls. Woo. Since I can't get you all any more excited than that. And it's 12 o'clock. I said this a while ago, and I'm going to say it again. Stop waiting on the politicians to fix it. Now, don't, I, I didn't say I didn't want good ones in. My God, get as many good ones in as we can get in there. But I'm not going to sit around and wait on them. Because most of them don't know God. If they do, they come out of a dead church. And they're going to do the best they know, which ain't much. Politicians need to be full of God. Preachers need to get full of God. And churches need to get full of God. If we got full of God, America be full of God. There is no other hope. But, it, but listen to me. He believes in us. And I believe with all of my heart that the greatest move of God the earth has ever seen is here. We're going to start seeing young people that are tired of waiting on someone to go do the work and they're going to do it themselves you're going to see young people you're going to see hundreds of kids that are tired of reading about Smith and decide to become Smith You're going to see a lot of young people that are tired of reading about Amy Simple McPherson or Catherine Kuhlman and they're going to become Now listen just listen to me don't worry about what Mary Fran's doing. What are you doing? Not one time she ever come. I ever prayed and asked God to use her to give me a word. My God, I want a word. I go to God and pray myself. She may confirm it. She's not doing my praying for me. 
Here we go, my friend. Come on, give me a word. I'm going to slap yourself upside your head. Get an altar and start praying until you hear from God. Everywhere I've ever worked, everywhere I have ever worked, I left behind a group of men and women born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. Everywhere I have ever worked was a move of God. Everywhere I have ever been, God showed up. Jim Zirkle, one man, went to Guatemala, and within 10 years, the whole country was Christian. One man started a base in Quesatenango, got a bunch of airplanes, started taking Ramagrads, flying to villages. And the revival broke, but it didn't break out until he showed up. Casey Treat, was it Casey? Went to the Philippines. Started a Bible school over there. Revival broke out all over Philippines. One man showed up. Now let me ask you a question. What are you doing? I want, I'm going to make a t-shirt that says, I am revival. It'll hair lip every Christian on the planet. Because I'm not waiting on God. Kenny's got a shirt almost like it. Lenny. It says, I am in me. That's pretty good. That's, that's, pretty, that's, that's actually better than my idea. But he stole it first, so I'm going <laughs> to. Say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. There is nothing you can't do. That's that's massive. Nothing. The God in you can't do. Nothing you can't do. There is nothing you can't do. (laughs) Got to see your face. You're like raccoons on a log. Well, never mind. I'm, I got a lot more to say, and I better just be quiet. I'm running out of time. I'm really getting tired of my 68-year-old body. I really am tired of it. I slap it around every once in a while and go, you better mind me. I'd like to teach young men how to fly and do jungle flying. I'd like to buy an airplane, teach you how to fly it in Guatemala and land on a grass strip and preach. I got a, I got a crazy, my brain runs wide open, crazy things. But I'm just one guy. But Paul was only one guy. Smith Wigglesworth was only one guy. David was only one guy, and they changed their world. I want you to say, I am only one, but I am one. Say, I am a move of God. 
You have no idea what you do. That's a, that is a huge thing to say with your mouth. I am a move of God. I was sitting with a man one day having lunch. It was a businessman. And he looked at me and he said, what is it with you? You're not like other preachers. I said, that's because I'm full of God. I want you to think like that. When you walk in a room, you own it. You walk in your kids' bedrooms, you own it. You walk in your grandkids' rooms, you own it. They're not escaping the God in you. Y'all can get better excited than that. What would happen if Jesus walked in your kids' room? When he walked in, when you walked in. What would happen if your grandkids met Jesus? Well, they met you. Come on, y'all. Y'all getting a little bit excited than that. They met you. I want your grandchildren to look and say, Grandma, you are not like everybody else. And I want you to know enough of who you are that you don't let a devil in hell rule anything around you. Jesus didn't. I'm going to try to close now. Listen to me. And I read my Bible. There's pre-cross where Jesus walked the earth and the woman tried to get a hold of his garment. That's not me. Then there's after the cross. I am the garment. You are the garment. You have the mind of Christ. You have his anointing. You have his life. You have his wisdom. And nothing is impossible. Say, I am a move of God. Now, the next time you start praying for something, expect God to move you. Don't be surprised if somebody doesn't call you and say, I need help over here. And you're going, yes, sir, I think I know what I'm doing now. I think you're calling me and I need to go. Don't ever be afraid to talk to a sinner. They don't have no sense. Anybody that wants to go to Mars and build a it's not real smart. There's already a planet out there and I'm headed to it. <laughs> Folks, this is good preaching. You and I are going to have to wake up one day to what God did in you in Christ. And we've been sitting around praying as though it's all up to God. We want him to go to Cornelius' house and save Cornelius. He ain't going. Father God, right now I'm going to pray over this church before I leave. My heart is that every one of us will walk out of here today and understand that God has a lot He wants to do in the earth. He's got a lot of people that need Jesus. He's got a lot of people that need healing. He's got a lot of people that need freedom. And He has His church, which is us. And I pray that today we'd get a revelation of who we are 
And that everywhere we go, we carry the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you wanted a, a revival in Cornelius' house and you sent Peter. And there's a lot of places you want, you want, you want people's lives changed. You want, their, you want their homes straightened out. And you're looking for someone to go. I pray that we would get to the place where we understand that the greater one lives inside of us for a purpose. And we are somebody's answer to prayer. And that every one of us would pray and seek your face and learn that without prayer, we're not going to do anything. And once we pray, you start using us in a mighty way and we will begin to understand the plans of God and how God plans on turning this nation. And it's not just 150 people a word of life. This is going to be the church in America. And the church in America is going to rise up now. I believe pastors are going to start rising up and come back to preaching the Word of God, who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. And you're waiting on us. You said in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Why? So we can go lay hands on the sick. We can go preach the gospel. give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus name let me ask you a question we have a Holy Ghost meeting why does God do it to fill you why because once you're full of God and you walk out those doors you're going to do what Jesus does I had a vision back when we were in the shopping center on a Wednesday night and I saw this building a matter of fact I drew this building on because of that vision that's how I knew what the building looked like and we were in here on a Sunday morning and the glory fell and everybody in the building and I don't mean to scare you didn't get off the floor till 4 o'clock and you stepped over into the glory of God and heard heaven and, and, and everybody, everybody in the building had an encounter with God. And at four o'clock you got up and went to Walmart. And everybody in Walmart fell out in the power. And you went out to get something to eat and everybody in the restaurant fell out in the power. And the greatest revival I ever saw in my life broke out in the earth. God's fixing to crank it up. But I want you to get you ready. He's not doing nothing without you. You've been praying he'll do it. He'll sign up. Are you ready? Thank you. For your humble hallelujahs. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'd like our altar workers to come forward this morning. Amen.